this is the audio class experience. Because of COVID-19, we realized just how important going digital really is. Be it entertainment, service, buying goods, getting educated, making money, etc. And any of the things I previously mentioned can be fully digitalized and optimized for the best possible customer experience. And welcome everyone to the new episode of the Auto Class Experience. This is number 35. Hope that you're all doing fine and that you're coping in some way with the whole situation. Today, it's time to talk about esports and the gaming industry that's pulling more money into the industry each day as we speak. Just to give you an idea, the industry is expected to grow from $1.09 billion in revenue in 2019 to $1.11 billion dollars by the end of this year approximately the market is then expected to grow and reach 2.11 billion dollars in 2023 at a compounding annual growth rate of 23.82 percent north america was the largest region in the esports market in 2019 and asia pacific is expected to be the fastest growing region in the forecast period according to Business Wire. I got this information from a report on Business Wire that states that uh, the esports companies are investing in innovative new esports platforms in order to increase their revenue and expand their consumer base, and also for gaining a competitive edge over their rivals. For instance, in 2019, in Africa, Nick X Sport, an esports uh, platform, Nick X, they, launched, they were launched by Viacom, They provide children with a tournament platform using Nickelodeon uh, gaming content. Also, in 2019, a USA-based gaming platform company launched a new platform that allows players to challenge fans and friends in games such as League of Legends and PUBG. Furthermore, in 2019, Mobile Premier League and PL an India-based mobile esports platform company launched its mobile esports platform in Indonesia. And the rising demand for video games and increasing awareness of esports contribute to the growth of the esports market. As technology is expanding, so the video content, the products, virtual reality, and and uh, video game competitions are also increasing. They're on the rise. Video gaming has become a transforming pop culture, and and it managed to redefine the ways that young people consume entertainment. The market for watching pros play video games is growing rapidly, but it's still young and nascent and waiting to be defined in many respects. The industry's nascent state makes growth very difficult to forecast, and projections vary greatly depending on how they define the market and other factors. However, most expectations point to rapid growth. Esports and gaming video content already have a large audience, and there's a lot of opportunity to continue expanding that reach, developing compelling content, and honing lucrative marketing strategies. Twitch is a platform where gamers stream their gameplay live for people interested in watching others play. This is a very common practice for YouTubers in general, especially if they're involved in gaming. Although there are some who are maybe not specific, especially involved in gaming, but they started to see this as a pretty 
interesting opportunity for their, their content creation. It was uh, Twitch was founded by someone called Justin Can, and back in 2011, originally as a spin-off of Justin.tv. The latter started life in 2007 as a single channel, which basically it was it consisted of broadcasting Can's life around the clock, pioneering the whole concept of life casting. The website attracted interest from others who were more interested in broadcasting their own lives than viewing that of Khan's, which had nonetheless served as great exposure for Justin.tv. Acting on this interest, the site relaunched later in 2007, allowing users to create their own channels and broadcast their own content through the platform. Stream, streaming gaming was not as simple then as it has become today, when thanks to Twitch, Functionality is built into modern games consoles. This, however, was a key area of focus for the nascent company, who accordingly hired a specialist streamer to help people set up video game streaming. This was a prescient move. The gaming category of Justin.tv quickly established itself as the most popular on the site, leading to decision to decision uh, to spin out as Twitch.tv. Before long, Twitch was vastly eclipsing Justin.tv to the extent that the parent company Justin.tv Incorporated was rebranded as Twitch Interactive. Justin.tv was discontinued in August 2014. With 45 million unique visitors by October 2013, it was only a matter of time before the big names of digital business came sniffing. In this case, it was Amazon that saw the huge potential of Twitch and by August 2014, Twitch had become an Amazon property, uh, with just short of a billion dollars changing hands in its acquisition of the streaming platform, which was now up to 55 million uh, active users, and accounting for 1.8% of peak internet traffic, just behind only Netflix, Apple, and Google. Traffic continued to grow, with 1.5 million broadcasters and 100 million monthly viewers in 2015, rising to 2.2 million broadcasters and 15 million daily views in 2018, around a million of which could be found using the platform at any given time. Average concurrent viewers were up to 1.4 million in quarter one of 2020. The platform is integrated with uh, Amazon Prime and allows streamers to make money by offering in-stream links through which viewers can purchase, uh, for example, games being played. I found uh, in a report by Mansoor Iqbal called Twitch Revenue and Usage Statistics. It's on a website called Business of Apps. And there he states uh, all the info that I mentioned earlier about Twitch. And he also reveals some interesting data, such as 3.84 million monthly broadcasters so far in 2018, 2020, 1.44 million concurrent viewers on average as of March 2020. League of Legends is the all-time most viewed game on Twitch, with 29 billion viewers as of April 2020. Twitch claimed 65% share of hours viewed, 3.1 billion hours, and 72% hours, uh, 121.4 million, streamed against game streaming rivals in quarter 1 2020. A total of 2.3 billion hours watched on Twitch in quarter 4 2019, compared to 0.09 billion on YouTube Gaming and 0.1 million on Mixer.
which is another streaming platform. Twitch users watch 95 minutes per day on average. And Amazon has been owning Twitch, as I said earlier, since uh, 2014, when they bought it for almost a billion dollars. And around 23% of traffic comes from the US. A revenue of $1.54 billion in 2019, being 300 million generated through advertising. There's been a slowdown, however, recently in terms of average broadcasters and the number of average concurrent channels, but viewer numbers have been growing steadily in comparison with the growth of content creators coming in. In terms of average concurrent viewers, though, they have experienced nearly yearly growing views at a much faster rate than most traditional TV networks, with 1.44 million average concurrent viewers this year so far. In terms of demographics, it's predominantly male, with 65% of users being male and uh, 35% female. The largest group is consisted of the age group between 16 to 24, making up 41%, and then 24 to 32 or, something, or 33, something like that, it was uh, 32% total users, and then the rest, uh, it's distributed uh, proportionally less, the older the age groups get. So platforms such as Twitch is a massive opportunity for content creators and anyone involved in gaming. They can get paid through the Twitch Partner Program, and any applicant for the Twitch Partner Program are considered uh, on a case-by-case -case basis, with a focus on average concurrent viewership figures and a regular broadcasting schedule. They also need to complete the Path to Partner achievement, which involves streaming for 25 hours over 12 unique days over a 30-day period uh, during which their viewership must average 75. Affiliates are able to make money from the streams through uh, cheers, paid subscriptions, and commission from game sales generated from click-throughs in their streams. In order to apply to become an affiliate, users must have broadcast at least 500 minutes over seven unique broadcast days over the period of a month, during which time they must have an average of three concurrent viewers. They must also have a minimum of 50 followers. And platforms such as Twitch is a big deal in this world of esports. Large events and competitions are held on Twitch and in arenas, physical arenas, where millions of people can participate in tournaments. And also not not also this, people also participate in not necessarily in physical arenas but also directly through the game and they participate in tournaments and there's also teams created by putting together the best players and treating them as professionals meaning contracts clauses sponsorship deals um, marketing involved and they also receive benefits like these teams of players might consist of a group of guys or men and women uh, who share maybe the same dorm, so who sleep together, who do everything together, who basically live with each other for several years. These teams tend to train usually six to seven days a week for eight to 14 hours in some cases. And as a result, they also need coaches to try to help them remain mentally and physically balanced. The lifetime of a pro esports player is between 16 to 24 and they can manage to earn up to six figures annually, and even seven figures if they are a well-renowned, world-class player.
I've even uh, I've seen events where teams face each other in an arena that are that's packed with people uh, who get really excited watching matches of, of Overwatch or League of Legends or something like FIFA. And most of these people are actually fans who follow their favorite players, their favorite esports uh, players, as if they were an athlete such as Messi or LeBron James or Roger Federer. And according to the Motley Fool, the top esports stocks are Activision Blizzard, Tencent Holdings, Take-Two Interactive, Electronic Arts, and Huya. You can also invest in exchange-traded funds such as GameGamR, G-A-M-R, which you can find on the NYSE, uh, where you can own holdings and companies with at least some degree of exposure to esports. But I think it would be a nice uh, idea to analyze one by one of the top stocks that the Motley Fool recommends. Starting with Activision, it has one of the strongest franchise catalogs in the industry, an impressive history of creating new intellectual properties at the forefront of creating organized esports leagues that attract professional ownership, broadcast partners, and advertisers. They've got highly engaged communities in competitive gaming such as Call of Duty, Overwatch, and StarCraft. Also have in mind that they're the owners of World of Warcraft, Hearthstone, and Diablo. You've also got Tencent Holdings, which is a very large, diversified Chinese tech stock and media giant who made League of Legends and Honor of Kings. They also own a 40% stake in Epic Games, who happen to be the developers of Fortnite. Further strengthening, strengthening its hand, Tencent can use its WeChat social media platform to feature and distribute content and take advantage of payment processing for in-app services and advertising opportunities. Take-Two Interactive is great at making games that have an extended life cycle where they don't have to be making games every single year like the way Tencent or Activision or EA have to. We're talking about people who own Grand Theft Auto, GTA, uh, NBA 2K, WWE 2K, and Red Dead Redemption. Games like GTA are not as popular for esports, but with the online mode that they have seen increasing, they have seen increasing engagement with players and streamers on Twitch. NBA 2K does have also a lot of popularity in the esports space. Just like uh, EA with uh, FIFA and Madden, they are leaders in the sports game genre. Their main strength is licensed content, which creates the potential to bridge fans of established franchises and sporting leagues into the esports space. They also came up with a strategy where instead of hosting professional tournaments, they made them accessible to all players in order to increase engagement and hence in-game purchases. And finally, there's Huya, the Chinese gaming video content streaming company that runs a platform allowing users to broadcast their gaming sessions to large audiences. China is already one of the biggest markets for esports content and will play a key role in the growth of the overall professional gaming and gaming video content industries, according to Mobile Fool. Huya makes money by allowing viewers to tip broadcasters and then taking a portion of the contributions of those tips. It also has a small but fast-growing advertising segment. In addition to user broadcasters, the company is also hosting its own events 
and signing exclusive deals with esports leagues and organizations for coverage. Then there's the whole mobile gaming industry, which I can explain briefly. According to a visual capitalist, 2.4 billion people played mobile games in 2019, where 50% of mobile gamers are women and 50% of mobile app users opened the game in the last seven days. Mobile is the largest gaming platform, producing $68.5 billion in revenue in 2019, 45% of the total market that also includes PC and tablet gaming. Over a seven-day period, mobile gaming is the third most popular app types after social media and shopping, and just above music and audio and video streaming. But for 18 to 24 year olds, for example, it's the second most popular app type. Reasons to mobile game growth can be explained by mainly four things. Subscriptions, in-app purchases, social trade, and rewards. According to Think with Google, uh, Google Play has seen more than 70% year-on-year growth in people subscribing to games. The in-app purchases are also very lucrative as players purchase coins and perks that can help them compete better. Social trade consists of bartering, sharing, or competing to win each other's virtual goods in social games. And then lastly, players can earn benefits like points and extra lives for watching video ads, encouraging them to stay in the game. As audiences continue to grow, the technological possibilities of online gaming are endless, with virtual reality blurring lines between fantasy and reality, cloud gaming with faster and more reliable internet connection to increase the quality of streams, and also <coughs> real-time personalization, where in the future, games could automatically generate game content that is customized to fit each player's personality and playstyle, based on player data. And that's it for today, ladies and gentlemen. Hope that you enjoyed this episode, that you've learned a lot from it. Make sure to share this podcast and follow it or subscribe to it if you haven't already. It would mean the world to me if you could write a review on Apple Podcasts. That would help the community grow. That would increase the image of my podcast. And of course, I would rank much better on places, on anywhere really, and places, especially on places like iTunes, where a lot of you listen to me. Discuss what you've learned with people around you. Listen to the episodes again so that you can retain knowledge better because you learn better with repetition. Make sure to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and LinkedIn. You can find me as Audio Class, the Audio Class Experience. And on LinkedIn, you can find me as Rodrigo Valverde. And thanks for tuning in to the Audio Class Experience. Hope that you have a great day. Hope to have you back next time. See you. Bye.